it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have episode 297. Today, we're going to answer four great listener questions we got from Spotify. Spotify allows you to ask us questions and we can answer them. So here we're going to go we'll answer those questions. So I'm going to read the first one without any further ado. So hello, I started investing early 2020. My 60-year-old mom asked me about investing because someone at work told her about it. Is it worth getting a Roth IRA and investing in ETS for her or is it too late? So Andrew, what are your thoughts on this very intriguing question? I guess we could start just if you're a beginner, you don't know what a Roth IRA is. An IRA is an account you can open that gives you tax benefits. So when you invest money, you have to pay taxes. When you make money from your investments, Roth IRA gives you a tax shield. And it's one of those accounts we recommend people use in addition to a 401k, which is also another investing tax shielded account. I say it's not too late. What do you say? I say it's not too late at all. I think it's never too late to start investing. I was talking to somebody on Twitter earlier today and they were kind of asking something along the same lines. And you know, the best time to start was 10 years ago. The second best time is today. There's no reason why they can't start today. And I guess maybe we can expand on this a little bit. So I guess my thought is, if you're 60 years old and you start investing today, even if you retire at 68 or 69, for example, just as a hypothetical, that's eight years that you can put money away that you can use in your retirement. Plus the fact that we are living longer than we used to. And so 
you know, God willing, your mom will live 85, 90, 9,500, who knows, you know? And so that's another four years of potentially, you know, having money that they can access. And so that's why I think it's never too late to start. And, you know, I think using ETFs, if you're not familiar with individual stocks and is a great way to go. It's just, it's perfect. It's easy. And you can find a lot of great investment choices and it can really help you out. I guess that's one of my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I feel like there's just a certain satisfaction with knowing you can put your head on the pillow at night and you can know I did something today where I took money I could have wasted and not had any of it tomorrow. And I actually put that to work for myself. And that doesn't change whether you're 10 years old, 50 years old, or 80 years old. You still had the discipline to save and put that money to work for you. And over time, that creates wealth. And I think there's a there's a big satisfaction in that. Yeah, there for sure is. I agree with that 100%. One other thing I guess I wanted to kind of throw out there too is if if your mom decided to use a traditional, that a traditional IRA, which is another tax advantage retirement account, one of the speed bumps you could run into with that is that when you turn, I think it's 78 and a half, there are what's called RMDs, required minimum distributions. And so depending on how much money your mom was able to save up from in that time period, she would have to start taking that money out with where with a Roth, there isn't that requirement. And so you could keep the money in there longer for either for herself or for her kids or her husband, whatever. There are some advantages to using the Roth as opposed to traditional. And so I just throw that little log on the fire, if you will. So you're saying there's, when you say RMD, at a certain point, you have to stop contributing to it and you have to start taking out. Yes. So I guess if that, I don't know what the exact number is, and I think that can change over time depending on what year we're talking about. But let's say you have like a six-year or seven-year time horizon. Does it, the investment mix maybe change? And maybe instead of like a stocks ETF, it's a bonds ETF or some sort of mix? Yeah, I definitely would probably encourage that. As you get closer to retirement, kind of switching the the allocation, if you will, from less risky stocks. If you're using ETFs, there's still risk involved. And so if they're picking stocks, so if it's matching, let's say the S&P 500, for example, there is risk in investing in that. Let's use a hypothetical. If you were about ready to retire and COVID happened and the market shut down for six months, kind of like what happened, you would see your value of your portfolio drop like a rock. And that would be a really hard time to go through. Or we went through the great financial crisis or even the dot-com bubble it could take several years for your portfolio to recover and that could put a lot of hardship on people. And so a way to mitigate that risk would be to diversify into more, I guess, safe and secure kinds of investments, bond ETFs, money market funds, maybe even some life insurance or health, you know, different kinds of, you know, things like that. And those are a little bit outside of my circle of competence, if you will. So if that's something that you're really interested in, it'd be worthwhile to talk to a professional to give you some guidance on what's the best way to kind of set up your portfolio as you get closer to retirement. I also kind of focus on that 20-year time horizon with stocks. I do know there are some good bond ETFs and those might be worth investigating. So a good stock ETF that everybody knows is ticker SPY, S&P 500. They have a total bond market ETF. This is Vanguard and that's ticker BND. 
And so the reason why bonds are typically more safe than stocks is because when you're owning stocks, you're owning a piece of a business and people have different opinions on what a business is worth a lot. When you buy a bond, you're buying a loan that investors have loaned to big companies or a government. So that money's coming back. And so the prices of bond ETFs tend to be a lot more stable most of the time. Yep. Yep. Like everything in finance, it can depend. But in general, you're right that if you're closer to retirement, you might not be able to have the time or the luxury to wait for the market to recover if, if people freak out. And so a bond fund would be better in that case. Yeah, totally but you can still make great returns on the bond fund. I mean, mm-hmm. you might not get stock market returns that can like really multiply your money, but you can still over time have nice increases in your wealth. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's a good good advice. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. All right. So moving on to the next question, we have, uh, what are some safe ways to invest for people like me that don't have a huge income and track every dollar spent? I'm afraid I'll lose what I put in. And this is a very interesting question. I think kind of relevant. 
So what are your thoughts on that? The advice is the same, whether you feel like you can't... It's interesting, I guess, because it's a very good question. I guess we have to differentiate between being scared of investing and investing with money you can't afford to lose. So to talk about the second part first, because that's very important. When you invest money, you have to know that you're going to leave that money alone and you don't want to invest money that you need really soon. So, you know, you got a mortgage coming up in three weeks and you want to invest the money and then take it out to pay your mortgage. Do not do that because investing means taking on risk. And sometimes depending on what year it is, 2020, your investments can go down temporarily in value. So you always want to invest what you can Maybe not what you can afford to lose, but what you can afford to not touch so that it can grow as the economy grows over the long term. That's one part of the discussion. The second part is, Dave, what do you think about being afraid to lose what you put in? I mean, it's it's a very real fear. And I know that I felt when I first started investing, it was something I was concerned about for sure. And I wasn't necessarily putting in money that I needed so I had a different, a little bit of a different mindset. It wasn't that I needed the money. I wanted, you know, I would like to have it and I didn't want to lose it. But I, I guess my mindset was that I'm putting it in with the hope that it's going to grow over a period of time. And so my mindset was, is that in essence, I'm saving this money like a squirrel and I'm going to eat the acorn 10 years from now. And so, and I'm hoping that instead of just one acorn, I'll have 10. And so that was my kind of my mindset when I went into it. And so I was afraid, I was afraid that I could lose it, but it was more, you know, a fear back in my head. And a lot of it will depend on a, you know, the mindset that you go into investing. If you feel like you're walking into a casino and that you're going to walk out, then yeah, you're going to be afraid. But the, the stock market is more of a, weighing machine. In other words, when you put money in, when you're buying a piece of a business and that business does well over a long period of time, let's say five or 10 years, then that business is going to grow and the stock market is going to reward the stock price because that business has performed well over a long period of time. But if you go into it with the the mindset that I need to, you know, kind of like what Andrew was saying, I need to make my mortgage in the next six months, then there's a heck of a lot more pressure on the stock not the business, the stock to perform well. And that's a whole different ball game. That's a different game to play. And Andrew and I don't play that game. And we try to stay away from that game. And we try to encourage people not to play that game. So, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, could I lose it? Yes, you can lose it. There is a risk when you invest and there's no easy way to cover that up or sugarcoat it or you know, put chocolate on it. There's just no way to make it not a risk. There is a risk. But if you put it in there and you invest in, you can invest in safer things, air quotes, safer things, or you can buy, you know, certain kinds of companies that have a better chance of doing well over a longer period of time. You know, if you're really unsure about what to buy, then I would really stick to like, we were talking about earlier, like an S&PY 500 ETF or something that covers the whole stock market as opposed to trying to pick the next Google or Amazon. That's a really hard moving target to hit. And so I guess that's, those are some of the ways that I guess I would try to overcome that fear is, 
realize what kind of game I'm trying to play and try to find safer investments for me to dip my toe in and start and then kind of go from there. What about you? When you say safe ways to invest, I could bludgeon you with all sorts of historical numbers. Right. And Brian Fraldi has done some good illustrations of those numbers and made them really simple. I'll just say, when you say safe, a safe way to invest if you have a long enough time horizon is to invest in the economy. And so the way I look at it is, look, it's 2023 today. What was the economy like in 2003? And what's changed since? I mean, we have social media, we have people making money for a living on YouTube. You have all these different things and an economy that has grown in the last 20 years. And then if you look at the 2010s versus versus the 2000s or the 1990s, the economy's grown and businesses have found better ways to serve us. And so if, if you believe that that's going to continue to change, then investing in the overall stock market is a safe way to invest because you're basically just saying, I think things are going to continue to improve over time as far as people being innovative and creating new businesses and businesses finding new ways to make profits. So that's a very safe way to invest. But to Dave's point, if you're trying to figure out how can I double my money in five days, there's no way to do that reliably and that's not going to be safe at all. Mm-hmm. But in order to, for that 20-year time horizon to be safe, you have to stay in it for the long term. And it's not intuitive. And that's why I think it's hard and it's scary because it, it doesn't make sense. We don't learn this in school. Nobody's telling us that, oh, by the way, when you put money in the stock and your stock goes down 20%, you didn't actually lose that money. It's kind of just part of the ride. That's not taught. That doesn't make sense. But if you can understand, I'm buying stocks that are in the stock market. These businesses are going to grow because that's what businesses have done. Then I, to me, that helps shift. And then you can say, I'm doing a safe thing with my money because it's going to work for me. But it's just going to be a bumpy ride in between. If you can't have that mindset, though, then it's not a safe way to invest. And maybe you should be in, I don't know, a savings account or something that's not as up and down. That can be a way to go. But you also leave a lot of money on the table when you do that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're going to move on to the next question. So we have, how do we figure out how much to invest in each stock? Let's say I have a thousand pounds to invest and picked five stocks. Would I put 200 in each? Do you have any tips on this? So this is a allocation diversification portfolio question. So Sir Andrew, would you like to start with this one first, please? Sure. Based on where the, the question's coming from, I would just kind of keep it simple. Because if you're asking, how do I figure out how much to invest? It sounds to me like you're a beginner. So if you're a beginner, keep it simple. If you feel safe in five stocks, do five stocks. If you want to do 10, do 10. I actually think 10 is probably better than five if you're a beginner. Or you could just do like a total market or S&P where you're in a whole market. So you're in 500 businesses or 1,000 businesses. Five is good too, though. I mean, if you can find like five companies that you really like, maybe you have an Apple iPhone Maybe you 
like to go to Starbucks. You could do things like that and just build a, a portfolio of five. But for a thousand pounds, you know, we're not talking about life savings. I assume you're going to be building more than a thousand pounds over your life. So you just really need something to get started and something where you don't have the risk of losing it all from some freak accident. Five stocks is great for that. And I would go with something that you know. Like I bought Microsoft, my very first stock, and it was literally because I knew they had an Xbox coming out soon. And that was it, you know, but that helped me get comfortable with investing in the first place. What would you say? I bought Microsoft first too, and I mostly bought it because I was using uh, Word and Excel at work. So it just kind of made sense. So (laughs) I would probably suggest the same strategy. You know, what can you sleep well at night? Can you buy five companies and allow you to sleep well at night? Or do you need to have more diversification? Because at first you're probably going to be watching your portfolio seven or 15 times a day and seeing how much everything goes up and down until you get used to kind of the rhythm of the market and then you'll pay less and less attention to it. I think it really comes down to how much conviction do you have in those five stocks? You know, how much, you know, research have you done brand new and you just want to buy Apple, Microsoft, Google and Tesla or whatever and just call it a day, you know, assuming you're here in the United States, referencing pounds. So he's obviously in England, but or Great Britain, excuse me. So, you know, that would be, I hate to say the depends thing. It really kind of comes back to what you're going to be comfortable with. You know, I think 10 would be ideal, especially if you're a beginner. I think that would be a great way to kind of diversify across a whole bunch of different, you know, different kinds of companies to kind of spread your bets, if you will. And that way, if you pick poorly on two or three of them, it's not going to ruin your portfolio and discourage you from ever investing again. You know, hopefully this is a start of a portfolio, kind of like Andrew was referencing as well. Let me I guess, turn this around a little bit. What is something you wouldn't do? So we're talking about things you would do. What is one thing or a couple things that you would absolutely recommend they do not do? If I was just starting out a portfolio from scratch, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it all in one company. I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't just buy something because I liked the company, but then I just said that you can do that as just getting started. I guess I would... I wouldn't expect that this is going to make me a million dollars. I would look at this as like almost my tuition or this this is going to get me to the next step as an investor, which is where I'm not overthinking how much to put in different stocks. What about you? I love the idea of not putting it all in one company or one stock. I think that would be a huge mistake, irregardless of how great you think Apple or Tesla or whatever company is going to be. I think that sets your stuff up for some pain and some failure. And I think that would be anything that would discourage you from continuing to invest over a long period of time, I would probably try to avoid. I would also avoid any sort of things that appear speculative or are the shiny new object, You know, whether you want to consider that crypto or whether you want to consider that meme stocks or you want to consider that you know, the flavor of the day, which is AI right now staying away from some of that stuff would probably be in your best interest, even though how could you make a lot of money? Absolutely. But are the chances, you know, it's kind of like when you go gambling, you know, the house is always going to win. And so I think betting on some of those things I think would be as a beginner would be harder to do. And I would discourage anybody from doing that again with the mindset coming from the mindset that anything that maybe discourages you from continuing to invest even though you do have mishaps or downturns because they are going to happen. But anything that's going to discourage you from investing for a long period of time, 
I would try to stay away from. I would try to put a habit into place. So it's less about this thousand pounds. It's more about how much am I going to put in every month? Am I going to commit to putting in every month? Because that that's what will build financial freedom. It's not going to be this thousand pounds or this $500 stock. It's the consistent discipline of yeah. putting money in and letting it compound. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, very well said. All right, let's move on to the last question. Can you take dividends that you earn in your Roth IRA out as profits penalty free or are they 59 and a half as well? Thanks guys. No, 59 and a half as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. Is that the same with a Roth and a traditional or is the Roth? Yeah, for both. So okay. because those are both IRAs, which stands for individual retirement account, you have to wait until you're close to retirement to start taking those out without having to pay early withdrawal penalties. And there's usually extra taxes that come with those. There's a few exceptions right now as we're recording this. You can take from a Roth IRA, for example, to put down as a down payment for your very first house. But there's very strict rules around that. So you'd have to do your research. But in general, you can't really touch that money unless there's a few specific exceptions that are laid out by the IRS. All right. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that covers it. I mean, these are great questions. I I sense that there's people out there who are making that first step or, or getting ready to make a change in their life. And it can be something very, very rewarding, not even just financially, but also, again, to be able to put your head on your pillow tonight and say, I did something good for my future. And it's not always easy because it is easier to buy a new iPhone than to put money and put it in the stock market and wait, bury that acorn, if you will. Right. But it, there can be a satisfaction in doing that. And there can be lots of financial rewards for doing that. You just have to be patient. Yep. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Well, that is going to wrap up our show for this week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show and your preferred podcast app if you enjoyed our little show. If you would, kindly consider giving us a review. It greatly helps our show. And don't forget to browse the incredible materials we've created for you at einvestingforbeginners.com. Lastly, continue growing your knowledge as an Investing for Beginners insider with insights and educational tips delivered right to your inbox for free. Sign up today. And with that, I will go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.